I want you to go with me if you brought your Bible to the book of 1 Thessalonians. I think we'll start there, maybe 2 Thessalonians, we'll see here. But uh, I'm going to do, start doing something here tonight that I haven't done, I, I don't know, in the church, maybe in the Bible school we did, but I don't know that I've ever done it in the church. Uh, we're going to start some things uh, from time to time. I don't know if this will be every service for the next few services or uh, you know, every Wednesday night. I don't know how it's all going to fall, Wednesday, every Wednesday night or maybe every, I don't know. We'll see. But I'm going to start doing some more teaching on this subject, um, particularly about the end times and the return of Jesus. Um, back about, you're going to 1 Thessalonians, is that correct? Back about, um, well, before I say that, let me say that this might seem like, well, you know, I don't know how much this is sheep food. This is, you know, I need, I need something that really, you know, I can lay on to for right now. I need some things in my life. Well, before you go get that mindset, don't judge what we're going to say and think that it has nothing to do with you now, because it absolutely has a lot to do with you. You now and the and the uh, well, you'll see it as we go. It's something that affects a lot of things right now. So uh, just stay tuned with us on that. But the uh, I don't know maybe. Well, actually, I, I can even back up further. Back in June, uh, something started stirring in me to study that I had never studied, and I I, I thought, okay, I'll get to that. I don't know, I just, I hear people talking about it, and they get weird on it, you know. Yeah. It really has to do with the seven feasts of Israel, all right, all right. you know, and how that's types yeah. for the age we live in. They're yes. not only historical, they're, they're prophetic. Yes. Yeah. And they, they, they actually, Jesus fulfilled the first three feasts yeah. on, uh, on exact days. Mm -hmm. He fulfilled them, and it had a meaning. The day yeah. of Pentecost, you remember yeah. the day of Pentecost? Yeah. That was one of their feasts. Yeah. And it was the outpouring of the Spirit. Um, um, so, but anyway, we won't get into all that tonight. But I started getting in my heart to start studying that. And I'm like, that's, I hear people get so weird with some of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. All these Jewish festivals and stuff. And they get, they turn into, think they, got, they think they got to act like a Jew or something. Well, I'm not preaching against God, the place God has in end times for the Jews. The Jew, there's, there's prophecy is going to come to pass concerning the Jews. But, you know, I don't have to get Jewish and speak in, in, in uh, Jewish language, in Hebrew, and wave Jewish flags, and wear a, uh, you know, Jewish, you know, you know, grow the corners of my beard long, and wear a prayer shawl, and act like that to be a Christian. Somebody shout amen. I'm not preaching against the Jews. I'm just simply saying, you know, people get weird. So he started dealing with me about studying the seven feasts. I'm like, oh, man. But the other day, I finally recanted. I started looking into it. And I'm like, man, this is so, so interesting. And it's so real. When, when, to understand end times, if you understand some things about those feasts, then, then you can actually get a little idea of where we are in time. The next one to be fulfilled, the, yeah. the first three, uh, well, it depends on how you look at it, uh, four, but the first three were uh, already fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Jesus coming, yeah. Jesus' resurrection from the dead, that's on first, the, fruit, the, the Feast of the First Fruits, and then Pentecost, 50 yeah. days later, was, the, uh, you know, these are yeah. uh, feasts that God told the yeah. Jews to hold, yeah. and He gave them a calendar, told them when to have it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they represent a timeline, a prophetic timeline of the church age, right. really. And Jesus already fulfilled the first three. His yeah. death was a was it happened on a particular feast day. His his resurrection happened on a particular feast day, uh, and he's the first fruits from the dead. Happened on the first fruits feast. It happened on the very day that the Jews were celebrating it. I'm not saying we have to go back and celebrate those feasts. Those were types and shadows. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, you remember Passover was a celebration of they, they put the blood on the doorposts yes, and so sir. forth. Yes, and God told them from now forever, yeah. you, you celebrate that feast. Yes. Well, uh, the, and there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, meaning to that as to when Jesus came and he died and he rose from the dead and then Passover when the Holy Ghost was poured out. I'm not going to get into all that tonight. Yeah. 
because, um, but I just do want to say that the next one to be fulfilled was the Feast of Trumpets. And that trumpet announced something. Yes, well, yes, yes. Amen. Amen. And, and uh, if you know anything about the Bible, let's go over here. Uh, this is, uh, I didn't plan on getting in on all that because I didn't want to get started in it because I didn't want to get pulled into talking all about it. But um, I will mention that, that in passing, and we'll look at it maybe at another time about the feast more in depth, and we're not going to get weird and we're not turning Jewish, all right? Please, you start grow. You you men start growing the corners of your beards long. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like Delilah and Samson. I'm gonna come and you yeah. <laughs> down. So don't get don't get all concerned. But the Lord started dealing with me to study that. And there's a right way to look at it and a wrong way to look at it. We're not under the law. Amen. It was all types and shadows. But 1 Thessalonians, have you found 1 Thessalonians? Notice what it says here, verse number 13, uh, chapter 4, verse number 13. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For, we which, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, that means are, have, have uh, fallen in death, you know, died physically in Jesus, and that means they were born again, will God bring with him? <clears throat> what do you mean God will bring with him? We keep on reading. This we say unto you by the word of the Lord. So this is not just Paul saying, you know, this is kind of way I think it's going to happen. This is the word of the Lord. Yeah. That we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord. Okay, so Jesus is coming again. <clears throat> this is written after he came in the manger in Bethlehem. Right? And he's coming again. The Bible said people mock, you know, over in Second Peter chapter number, what is that, chapter number three, people are mocking saying, where is the coming of the Lord? Since the fathers fell asleep, the forefathers of the church age, they've been saying Jesus is coming. Paul said Jesus is coming. He said live like he's coming tomorrow. I mean, you know, like coming right away. Uh, and, and he hasn't come. Then people are mocking, saying it's not happened. So what makes you think it's going to happen? Well, just as sure as everything else God said came to pass or is coming to pass, that's coming to pass. And uh, we're, we're closer you don't even have to have any revelation of yeah. the end times to know that we're closer today yes. to that event than we ever have been. Yes. Just because the clock keeps going tick, tick, tick. We're closer. I personally don't think we have very long. I believe we're at the end of the end days. The end days are the end times. There's end, there's term end of days, end times. There's a lot of terms in the Bible um, some of them are synonymous, mean same thing. But it's basically the end times is the church age. Yes. Yes. It'll come to pass in the last day, say, I've got I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. That happened on the day of Pentecost. Yes. And he said, that'll come to pass in the last days. Yes. So that was the beginning of the last yes. days. Yes. We're still in the last days. Yes. In the last days, then they go right up here to the end where Jesus comes again. Yes. That marks a change yes. in history. Yes. We're about to experience the next big event in world history is what we're getting ready to read here. I say unto you that Jesus is coming. He'll not prevent that. That means precede, verse 15, them which are asleep. That means died in Jesus, physically died, went into the ground. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. Ooh, glory be to God. That's not just, just nice fairy tales. That's actually going to happen. With a shout. I want to, uh, man, that's not going to be a whimper. That's going to be a shout of victory with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. Hallelujah. I believe an archangel is going to be blowing that trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. In other words, people that have uh, gone into the grave, you know, before Jesus came, you might have relatives, they're Christians. They're going to rise first. That's, that's uh, what it says. They'll rise first. Then we which are alive and remain, that's any of us that if we're still here when this happens, 
if we're still alive down here, I mean, uh, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So Jesus in this case is not going to set his foot on the earth. We're going to meet him in the air. The whole world will see him. Meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. So people say we're going through the tribulation. That can't be uh, true because he said comfort one another with these words. Right? It's not a comfort to think we're going through the tribulation and then that, this is going to happen. Amen. Amen. Let's go down and just keep on reading. There's so much that comes to me when I read this. But I just want you to see that, there's, there's, that we're going to be caught up. Yes. And there's going to be a trumpet sound. I have begun to study this. And Jesus has fulfilled every one of the feasts on the exact day that Israel was celebrating the feast. Every one of them so far. The first three that he's fulfilled are already... He did it on the exact, it didn't just happen right. on a day. Right. Right. It actually happened on one of the feast days. And Israel was given a new calendar, not the calendar that we celebrate, but God gave them a new calendar on, in the Old Testament. He gave them a calendar on the day of Passover, and he said the seventh month, the first day, this is the beginning of the year for you. He gave them a different calendar than what we're on. And he hasn't changed that calendar. Now, I'm not preaching calendars and numerology and all of that. I'm just telling you what the Bible said. And so that calendar, God said, okay, here's the first day of the year for you. And then there's going to be seven feasts for you throughout the year. Three of them in the spring, four of them in the fall. And uh, there's, there's going to be uh, certain celebrations. I want you, he called them appointed. If you look up the word feast day in the Hebrew, it's appointed day. It's an appointed time. I want you to be in my presence in Jerusalem at that time. Amen. And so those were fulfilled. The, the, they kept them in the flesh. We don't keep them today because that's all Old Testament law. But it, see, it wasn't something that we're supposed to be keeping today. It's something that is typical and is types and shadows of this age. Yes. Amen. It was not only historical, it was actually prophetic. Uh, and uh, God told him, you know, a lot about the calendar and how to celebrate those feasts every year. But then he told him, he said, now I want you to number seven years and every seventh year is the Sabbath year. And then he told him, and then there's going to be seven sets of seven years. And then there's going to be the year of Jubilee. And how many of you know, Jesus said in Luke four, the spirit of the Lord's upon me. He's anointed me to preach. Yes. Uh, you know, the spirit of the, to heal the brokenhearted, yes. to deliver those that are captive, so forth and so. And then he said, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Which year is that? It was, it was, the, the, he's, a re, he's referencing the year of Jubilee. Yes. And it's not, you know, 1997 or 2022. It is the church age. Yes. Where uh, just like in the year of Jubilee, all their debts were canceled, all, all, all the penalty for sin was canceled and so forth. The, the year of Jubilee uh, started when Jesus' blood was shed and our freedom was purchased and we got to go free from sin, from the curse, from bondage. Amen. Amen. And so anyway, God's, God's the one that set all that up. Well, you start looking at some of this, and you start studying, Jesus fulfilled every one of the first three things in his advent, his death, his, his resurrection, and his the outpouring of Pentecost, the, the Holy Spirit, those actually happened on those feast days. Yeah. Physic, in the, on their calendar, in the Jewish calendar, happened on their feast day. All right. Amen. Amen. And I don't think it's going to change. No. No. I think Jesus is coming back on the day of... Uh, uh, you know, there's different words for it, Hebrew words for it, but the Feast of Trumpets, yes. which this year is like September 23rd, 20, 20, what is it? 23rd, 24th, 25th, 27th, something like that. It's the end of this month. Okay. Wow. You say Jesus is coming this month? No, I didn't say that. I said this year, that's when that is. <laughs> it could be this year, could be next year. The point is stay ready. 
Well, uh, okay, September passed. I guess I'm okay for a year. I can live like the devil. Well, what if, what if the calendar's off a few days? <laughs> Jesus didn't say live like the devil until that day comes. He said, be ready in an hour you think not. Somebody said, Pastor Jay, I can't accept that because the Bible, Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour. Well, number one, you don't know which year. But number two, the feast day, the, the beginning of the feast of trumpets was, was they, they, historically, the Jews say, it's the day no one knows because it begins on the new moon. And you're not quite sure which day that's going to be. It could be this day in the evening or it could be the next day in the evening. That's actually the Feast of Trumpets, which is, uh, anyway, I'm getting more into that than I planned to. I'm just telling you that uh, the trump is about to sound. And we need to be living, prepared, ready for His coming. I heard a lot about the return of Jesus as a kid growing up, but uh, when I got into Word of Faith circles, people didn't preach it too much. When I was a, a young boy, the Lord spoke to me. I, when I, I grew up on the farm. I grew up out in the country, and out in the country, you can see some stars here too, but out in the country, you can see stars at nighttime, a lot more. If you ever get a chance, find some spot on the earth, maybe out in the middle of the western states where there's no cities for a long time, no city lights, and get out there where at nighttime there's no clouds and look at the stars. I mean, you can see, if you get out there dark enough, you can see the Milky Way as clear as day. I mean, there's just millions and millions of stars up there that you can't see if you're living in the city, you know. Anyway, I, I just had a habit as a kid getting out there, and every now and then I just lay on the grass in the summertime. I'd put my hands behind my head and lay on the grass and I'd just look up at the sky and I'd get to thinking about bigger things than the zit that appeared on my face. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know, back when that was, the, that was so important. <laughs> we all remember those days, right? So, so, you know, for some reason I just... My little heart started kind of thinking about the immenseness of God because I was taught in Sunday school he created it. And I just, my little heart and mind just sort of turned to larger things. I would do that as a kid. And so um, one, and so, but I had a dream one night of me doing that. And uh, in the dream, I was doing that, and I'm looking at the stars, and I'm just thinking of God in the dream, and I'm kind of, you know, like I would do sometimes, try to count them. Okay, I'm going to put my hand here, and I'm going to count on this side. One, and see if I can. Okay, how many? You know, I'm just being a kid. And so, um, but in my dream, I'm trying to count the stars, and all of a sudden, something started. The heavens started swirling in, in my dream, and, and, and stars started moving. And you talk about a sign. God wrote a sign in the sky. <laughs> Stars moved and formed the words, go tell my people I'm coming soon. And it had a border around it. God was thoughtful enough to put a border around the words. <laughs> Square, by, it was a rectangle. Go tell my people I'm coming soon. And I woke up. And, you know, I didn't know, I wouldn't have called it the anointing back then, but I sensed the presence of God in my room. I never forgot that. That was my call to the ministry. And so, you know, over the years, there's different things. God said, I want you to do this. I want you to travel then. And I want you to pastor then. And I want you to do this. He keeps, he gives us things to do. But, but I always have that in the back of my mind. And I'm always praying about it. Lord, you said, go, you wanted me to tell your people that you're coming soon. And I'm really not doing that. But I'm, I don't feel like I'm missing it right now. But I'm just, you know, I mean, if you know, God calls people to things and they don't step into it right away. But. When he started dealing with me to start studying some of these things about the end times, this came rushing back in on me. Now, don't misunderstand me. Over the years, I've got a lot of notes. No, you cannot read them. But, <laughs> but I got a lot of notes of the things he has said to me about this and things he has spoken to me about. And 
um, you know, that I knew eventually would be an emphasis. You see, if you know that if you know what's coming tomorrow, you know what you should be doing today because you got to get ready for what's coming tomorrow. We're flying to uh, Kansas City. And so I had to pack today because we're leaving early, not early in the morning, but we're leaving in the morning, had to pack today. And there were certain things I knew I had to have done before we leave town tomorrow. Right. And so because I know what's coming tomorrow, I know what to do today. Well, if you know Jesus is coming soon. It's eminent. I'm telling you, it's eminent. We're, we're seeing some things in this earth that it's, it's close. September this year, I don't know. But stay ready. Notice what he said. Tell my people I'm coming soon. Well, that was in, uh, I don't know what year. I was probably under 10 years old. I'm, I'm sure I was under 10 years old. But then when he called me here to pastor... You know, I finally prayed it out and, got, and understood what we were supposed to do and so forth. And, and then at the end of that prayer time, he said to me again, he said, that which I said to you before, and I know when he said it, that which I said to you before, I say to you again, he said, go tell my people I'm coming soon. And then he added this, tell them to get ready. Yes. 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 Tell them to get ready. Yes, so we're going to talk about that for a while. Amen. What Amen. does ready look yeah. like? Amen. Yes. Amen. I mean, if we're supposed to be ready... And yet he doesn't tell us how to be ready. That's not fair. But he has told us how to be ready. Ready must be a very discernible condition that we can enter into. Because, you know, 1 John 2, we know 1 John 2, 27 says, The anointing teaches us and guides us, and, and so we abide in him. But then verse 28 says this, Therefore, little children, abide in him. That you may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Yes. He is coming. Yes. And uh, you can stand before him one of two ways. This is now applies to how we're living right now. You can stand before him ashamed or you can stand before him confident. You know, Jesus is looking forward to that day. He gets to see you face to face. I'm looking forward to that day I get to see him face to face because I have confidence. If you're not living right, you don't have confidence. Or if you're not doing what you know you should be doing, you don't have confidence. This this is a big day. The day you stand before him face to face. It's a big day. And you don't want that day. And he's looking forward to it. And you should be looking forward to it, but, but you shouldn't be, you, you, it shouldn't be the day that whenever you see him, you drop your head right. and you know, I, I know what's coming. Yeah. I know I didn't Come do it. I know I don't have any fruit to bring. Come I know on. I didn't do what he told me to do. Yeah. I know I, I'm going to hear something I don't want to hear right now. He didn't say there that you won't make it. Right. What, me, what makes you qualified to stand before him is not works. It's salvation through your, your faith in the blood of Jesus. You're, you're genuinely born again. Genuinely born again, the people are going in the rapture. But you can, and so everybody's going to go that's born again, but not everybody's going to stand before him with confidence. Do you know what the next thing is after the rapture? It's the judgment seat of Christ. To give an account. So really, this, this teaching... We need to be hearing this, that Jesus is coming, because this helps us to live in such a way that we're aware all the time that we're going to give an account. Yes. Yes. Right? Amen. We don't just live for the, you know, every day. Brother Hagin said, I live every day with the knowledge that I'm going to have to give an account one day. I'm going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account for this day. What did you do today that counts for eternity? That's an interesting question. So uh, this, is, this, this, te- this kind of teaching needs to be brought back into the body of Christ because it, it brings people back to, because 1 Peter, well, let me, let me, 2 Peter, let me say 2 Peter. You remember the Bible says, go over there, go over there. I'm trying to, I got so much going on on the inside. I, I, I want to get to it all at once, just get it out, but I've got to follow the Holy Ghost here. Look at 2 Peter. It says here in verse, or chapter number 3. The second epistle I write unto you, verse 1, uh, to stir up your pure minds 
uh, by way of remembrance, that you be mindful of the words which we spoken to you by the holy prophets. Uh, there shall come in verse 3, in the last days, scoffers walking after their own lusts. Now, now notice what they're scoffing about. They're saying, in other words, they're just, the, the scoffers are people that say something in sarcasm. Oh, Jesus is coming. You know, that, that, that's a scoffer. They're unbelieving about the return of Jesus. And uh, they're scoffing and sort of, sort of making fun of people in sarcasm. They're saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all, these, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. And it goes on there and says, this they're willing to ignorant of, that the, the very word that God gave that there was, I'll paraphrase here the next few verses, the very word that God gave said to Noah, there's a flood coming that's going to destroy the whole planet. Yeah. That word didn't look like it happened, was going to happen for a long time. Right. But it actually happened. He said, this is going to happen by that same word. God said it, it will come to pass. Yeah. I don't care the 2,000 years have passed. Actually, most scholars believe that God told Adam that there was going to be 70, excuse me, there was going to be 7,000 years of his reign on the earth to do with it what he, what he could. A day as the Lord was a thousand years, a thousand years as a day. 7,000 years from creation. We're, at, we're, close, we're around 6,000 years from creation right now. And we're about to enter into the last 1,000 years, which is the millennial reign. We're in this time here at the end. I don't know if all of you followed that. Each day of creation represented 1,000 years of coming history. That's what we're saying. And, and God gave Adam charge of this place for 7,000 years. You ever heard, uh, you know, whenever the demons would cry out when Jesus was casting out devils, who are, you know, we know who you are. I thou come to torment us. Notice what they say. Before the time, they know there's a time coming where they're not going to have rule and reign on this earth anymore. They know it. We ought to know it. There's coming a thousand years where they're going to be put in the bottomless pit, where they're tormented in that Fit that pit and that yeah. flame. Yes. Yes. Now they're running around the earth. Yeah. Yeah. But they know there's a day coming. Yes. I'll tell you when that day is. That day is the end of that 6,000 years. Yeah. The tribulation, the rapture happens. We're out of here. We go to a feast for seven years. Judgment seat of Christ and then a feast. Get rewarded for our works. See, we need to be living as if there is an eternity to give, to give an account for what yes. we did down here. Your rank, your rank in that realm will be according to your faithfulness in this realm. Amen. So, uh, and your rewards in that realm will be according to your faithfulness in this realm, this, this time. That's what Matthew 25 is about. That's what all those, Jesus gave the parable of the talents. You've been faithful in a few things. Have thou dominion over 10 cities. Remember that? We need to be living as if it's not just all about me and my flesh and what I desire right now. We're going to give an account and we're going to be rewarded in eternity. And we're going to have different degrees of responsibility and and uh, crowns and rewards and so forth in the uh, eternity with with God. Based on faithfulness. This is proving time right now. This is proving time. Praise the Lord. So we need to be living as if that day's coming. Everybody gets a white robe. But some people have royal garments with jewels and decks, decorations and crowns. That's what your Bible says. For eternity, they walk around like that. Everybody gets a white robe. That's the righteousness of the saints. But you don't want to go through eternity in just a white robe. No. Right. That's going to speak of your unfaithfulness for the whole church come on. age. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. That'd be like coming to church every day, you know, in boxer shirts and t-shirts. Huh? Yeah, that's what I thought too. No, thank you. <laughs> Amen. You don't want to go through eternity in boxer shorts and t-shirt and everybody know didn't obey God in the church age, did you? That's how real that ought to be to it. That's what Brother Hagin was saying. I live every day. 
every day with the awareness that I'm going to give an account whether I, what I did with this day. Anyway, we're just sharing some things as we go through this. But um, did you find first, are we there in Second Peter? He said, these people are scoffing. They're saying, when, where is he? He hasn't been coming. He said, it's just as sure as when God gave Noah the word that there's a flood coming. That's, that's paraphrasing verse, verse 5 through uh, uh, 7. And so uh, verse 8, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years is as a day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's why He hadn't come back yet. You know, for you and I, we'd like to say, Lord, tonight be a good night. Just go ahead. Come on, we're ready. But see, when you realize that out of love and mercy, aren't you glad He didn't come before you got saved? And it's out of love and mercy for other people that He hasn't come yet. Uh, the Bible actually says we can hasten the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't know I had anything to do with it. Well, that's why we're teaching on this. <laughs> anyway, we're going we're to get to some of those things. Now, look, he's not slack concerning his promise. Verse 9, as some men count slackness, but as long, as long suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Aren't you thankful he's merciful? But the day will come as a thief in the night. Now, that's to the wicked. If you read the New Testament, uh, we're going to get over 2 Thessalonians again, I think. My goodness, time's running out. But it's not as a thief in the night to us. Thief in the night's for the people's not ready. And that could be, that could be, uh, that's all believers, but it could be believers too. They're saved, but they're not awake. Anyway, we'll get to that. It'll be as a thief in the night. Now, notice. Uh, the heavens have passed away and so forth and so on. Now, I want you to see there, they're mockers. Now come back over here to 2 Thessalonians. Did I have you in 1 Thessalonians or 2 Thessalonians? 1 Thessalonians. Um, he said, the Lord himself, verse number 16, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be, what? Caught up. Caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Then he goes, he said, beloved uh, of the times and seasons, chapter 5, I don't want you to be, uh, you have no need that I write unto you. For you yourself know perfectly, underline that. You know perfectly, not, this is not uh, going to happen to us as a thief in the night. You know perfectly that, that the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night. Somebody said, well, it looks like it's going to be a thief in the night to all of us. Keep on reading. For then when they shall say peace and safety, they shall say. Yeah. They, not us, shall say peace and safety. Then sudden destruction comes upon them as prevail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. That's you and me. The thief in the night. See, what is the thief in the night? He doesn't announce his coming. Just all of a sudden he's there. Isn't that right? And then the Bible also uses Jesus, uh, uses uh, a snare or a trap of an animal as a description of Jesus coming. Well, that animal doesn't have any warning that that's coming. And that's the way it's going to be for the world. Not for us. That day shall not overcome you as a thief. You all are the children. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We would say y'all if we were down in Tulsa still. <laughs> and are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Boy, we have a lot to say about that. You know, if you're not regularly being washed in the water of the Word and going to church, you're not watching and you're not sober. We're going to get to that. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. We're going to go through. The Lord has given me about, I haven't counted them. I got some more today. I would say if I do estimate it right now, probably 10 different things that the Bible says what ready looks like. We're going to get to that. We're going to all examine ourselves. Amen. Because we want to stand before him confident. Yes. Yes. So, um, 
uh, let us, verse number eight, let us that are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Now look at this. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to the obtaining of salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Then verse 11, comfort one another, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even also as you do. So these words are to be comforting about the catching away of the church. People that say we're going through the tribulation, they have to, they have to try to figure out how, how to comfort people with that. Because that's not scriptural. Come over to 2 Thessalonians now, chapter number 2. Verse number one, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Underline that. Our gathering together unto him. Amen. Say that out loud. Our gathering together unto him. Amen. So he's, he's preaching the rapture right there. Now, people say the word rapture is not in the Bible. And, you know, that's actually a true statement. The word itself is not in the Bible. The Greek word that, that it comes from is not in the Bible. But notice what it did say here, our gathering together unto him. Back there in verse number, uh, this is in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, verse number 17, we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Caught up. So it's not the word rapture, but it is the same thing. The, the word is not in there, but the doctrine is in the Bible. And we say, well, if the word is in there, it isn't in there, I can't, I, I can't accept it as a doctrine. Okay, well, then you need to throw your Bible away because the word Bible is not in the Bible. <laughs> and you need to discard your belief in the incarnation because the word incarnation is not in the Bible. You know, the word incarnation is an English word. It means God was, became flesh. Jesus, the word was made flesh. First John, I mean, the first chapter of John says Jesus was made flesh. And we use the word incarnation, and that's what that word means, but it's not in the Bible. Well, then we can't believe that Jesus was made flesh, or that God was made flesh. That's, it's all through the Bible that Jesus was made flesh. Just not that word. Right? And there's other words like that that aren't in the Bible, but they are scriptural, scriptural doctrines. Um, divinity is not in the Bible. Um, so several things are not in the Bible, but they're scriptural. All right. So, but look at this word. This, I'm going back here now to First uh, Thessalonians 5 verse, or 4, verse number 17. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Isn't that going to be a glorious day? Together with them in the clouds. You notice that? In the clouds. Somebody said it's going to be a cloudy day. So if it's sunny, we don't have to worry. <laughs> oh, it's sunny. He's not coming today. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. You remember whenever Jesus was caught up in Acts chapter number one. Remember the Bible said they were talking. Jesus was talking to him. Remember Jesus was crucified and then he rose from the dead. And if you read the, the scriptures closely for, was it 40 days or 50 days? He walked the earth and appeared to different people. Yes. Paul gave different accounts of, he gave account of him, Jesus appearing to him, but he gave account. He said there was others that he actually, the Bible says in, I think it's in James actually, that um, Jesus appeared to James. The Bible says also at one time he appeared to 500 all at one time. That's in the Bible. Um, so he was here on the earth after his resurrection in, in that flesh and bone, not flesh and blood, but flesh and bone. The blood's on the mercy seat in heaven. Flesh and bone. Remember whenever he appeared after he walked through the, the wall when he came in, the disciples were hiding and he walked through the wall and, and said, peace. And you know, remember that? He said, feel my hands. And so he said, a flesh and bone body. A spirit doesn't have flesh and bone. He didn't say flesh and blood. Because his body didn't have the blood. Well, how does it live? It lives with the glory. That's, it's a glorified body. It's an immortal body. And your body, whenever this happens, whenever you are resurrected, your body is going to be changed into like his body. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. You ought to read that. Glory to God. Your days of Botox is over. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And whenever you're fixing up and propping up, whatever you're doing, 
<laughs> Those days are over. Glory to God. No more glasses, no more whatever, you know. <laughs> it's going to be changed in a moment. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, in the twinkling of an eye. You can't even blink fast. It's going to happen quicker than you can blink. Well, what's going to make that happen? Well, he said, here, we're going to be caught up in the clouds. And in Acts 1, whenever he finally, after the days he walked the earth, after he, the, he was talking to his disciples, and while he was talking, he began to be, uh, okay, go over there to Acts chapter number 1. I'm trying to hurry, and I'm, I can't. Amen. Then notice he said, Acts 1, 8, we're familiar with. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost come upon you. You'll be witness unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and uttermost parts of the earth. So the last words he spoke. And when he had thus spoken these things, while they beheld, this is verse 9, Acts 1, and while they beheld, he was taken up. Yeah. And what? Yeah. A cloud yeah. received him out of their sight. Yeah. Now notice whenever he comes back, well, well keep on reading here in Acts. Verse number 10, while they stood, looked steadfastly toward heaven as he, was, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. They were, the disciples were all standing there. They said they looked steadfastly toward heaven. They're all standing there going. They're going, oh, this is amazing. He's just being picked up bodily, ascending into heaven. And he disappeared in a cloud. An angel said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? <laughs> they probably look funny. So. Uh, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The angel kind of came and went, hey guys, wake up. You know? Well, why are you looking up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go. He, he left in a cloud. He's coming back in a cloud. That's not a rain cloud, folks. So forget your doctrine about sunny days. This is the glory cloud. You remember the story when Jesus appeared to Brother Hagin's mother? She was walking down the sidewalk to her, I think her, her mother's house, and uh, she heard wind blowing, and uh, she, she looked at the trees, and the trees aren't blowing, but she heard the wind. You remember that story? Yeah. And she kept on walking. All of a sudden, a cloud came down up out of heaven, and Jesus is on that cloud. That wasn't his second coming, but he, was, he came to talk to her. Gave, him that, gave her that message about Brother Hagin. The child will be born, fear not, you know. Talked about his ministry in the end times. Well, uh, that wasn't a rain cloud that he came down on. That was a glory cloud that he came down on. The glory of God. We've studied the glory of God. All right. But I want you to know what this glory cloud is going to do. It's going to catch us up. I personally believe the glory in the church in the last days is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger until it gets so strong. We're worshiping God one day and we hear, you know, so come up hither. Amen. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's why it's not going to be like a thief in the night for us because we're already, we're already caught up in it, you know. Every now and then the glory has gotten so strong in, in services I've been in, I'm thinking, now Jesus, now, now. <laughs> Some of you are looking at me funny. I'm telling you what, I'm looking forward to this. If you're, if you're not ready, then get ready. So, but I want to look at this word caught up here. This is in 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. This word, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, but anyway, it's, it's, it's used whenever the Bible says that Enoch went to heaven. The Bible said he was not. He, he, the Bible said uh, Enoch walked with God and was not. For God took him. People have taken that phrase and applied it to when a baby dies with cancer or something like that. When every time God took somebody, they were not harmed. They were not hurting. They were not dying. They were not full of cancer. They were not gasping for breath. 
right? Right. He, he doesn't take people with sickness and disease. So it says God took him. Uh, Elijah had the same experience. He went in a whirlwind. But this verse is, I mean, this word that's translated here, caught up in 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, 17, excuse me. Um, this word caught up is used whenever in Acts, I'll look at the reference here for you. Um, but in Acts, whenever, remember Philip, he uh, went down to Samaria and, and, and he saw, he, Jesus spoke to him and said, I want you to go talk to this eunuch. You remember that? Right. Let me get that passage. And so he was, uh, he went over there and he, he led that eunuch to the Lord. And, uh, and this is pretty good. I started preaching this whole sermon and didn't open my notes. Um, but then after he was baptized, he baptized that eunuch. You remember that? Yes. Acts 8, 39. After the, the eunuch was baptized, notice this is the language. Let me just go over here and read this. Acts chapter number 8, if you're looking it up, verse number 39. It says, and when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. That the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on rejoicing. Look at this. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities. In other words, he was caught. King James says, caught away. Isn't that right? Yes. Caught away. Physically, he was translated from one place to another. It's the same Greek word right there. As we read in 1 Thessalonians 4, caught up. So can you see what it means? Then Paul mentions it. He uses the same Greek word in, in uh, uh, first, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. He said, I know a man in Christ, whether in the body or out of the body, I can't tell. God knows how he was caught up to the third yes. heaven. Isn't that right? And so Jesus here in Acts chapter 1, it says, while they stood gazing up into heaven, it says that he was caught up or caught away. Same Greek word. So you can see what that means. That's actually the, re when he says we'll be caught up together to be with the Lord, that's talking about physically. Our bodies. There's going to be a zapping sound and your body's going to be changed and boom, you're out of here. I can tell we need to preach on this more. <laughs> this day's coming. Very quickly to a planet near you. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, now, somebody said, when's that going to come? There's, there's two returns of Jesus here at the end. One, he doesn't put his foot on the earth. We just read that. But then you go over into the, there's a lot of references in the Old Testament about it. Um, and some in the New Testament about it where he comes back. That's not the, the, the second coming. Now, now, the rapture of the church, you might call that the first coming. I'm talking about here at the end. Yeah. I'm talking about Jesus came in Bethlehem, we know. But I'm talking about here at the end, there's two returns. One, he doesn't put his foot on the ground, and he raptures the church. Then there's the seven-year tribulation. And then when he comes back at the end of that, that's when uh, the, the nations are destroyed. He comes with a sword. He puts his foot on the, if you read it in Zechariah, I think it's chapter number 10 or 12. I don't remember right now, but you read it, and he puts his foot on the Mount Moriah. We know the exact time, and we know the zip code he's coming to. Listen, when the rapture of the church happens, start counting days. It'll be seven years. And boy, when he comes back that time, it's not, it's not to uh, rapture the church. Actually, the Bible says we come with him on white horses. He's, he's on a horse. We're, we're, so maybe we'll learn to ride horses when we go to heaven too. So, so we've, got, we've got the judgment seat. We've got the marriage supper of the lamb and, and horse training maybe, huh? And you might have to come to, some people might have to come to Pastor Jay's faith school. <laughs> because we're going to come back with him. He's going to come back with a sword in his mouth to destroy all this wokeness. I'm going to tell you what woke is. It's devils. I'm telling you. That's what's going on right now. And it's just going to get worse and worse. And it can't fully manifest while we're here because we're holding this back. But once we're out of here, 
And the world spreads the news yeah. that, uh, you know, uh, aliens came and took us all away. Yeah. That's what the devil's setting them up for. Yeah. It's going to be, the Bible says there's going to be a great yeah. deception yeah. enter in. Yeah. And he's already getting that plan. Yeah. Yeah, the aliens came and took them all away in spaceships. He's setting that up, but it's a big lie, and then we're going to be gone out of here, and then it all, that's when the seven years, the worst, the Bible says Jesus says it's going to be the worst time any, any time on, in the history of the planet for seven years down here. I mean, one third of the people die by an asteroid strike, another third dies with the water, the poisonism of all the waters, probably from that asteroid. Amen. Yeah. You know, scientists are telling us now there's supposed to be an asteroid hit, something like that, in 2029. Interesting. Wow. I'd be ready if I were you. Come on now. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just simply saying they're saying now. I'm not, I'm not really that. I'm not, I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at getting the job done while we're here. If that's coming, I just know we'll be out of here before that happens. But we've got, we've got a job to do, you know, anyway. So, praise the Lord. Just not for that reason, but for other reasons. I don't think we have more than seven years down here. So this is not a subject we just don't need to talk about. Am I setting dates? No, I said Pastor Jay's opinion. Have people been wrong with opinions? Oh, yeah. But I don't think we have very long. Amen. Amen. Anyway, the mark of the beast is already being set up. Some companies are already, it's not actually called the mark of the beast now, but it's, but it's the yep. thing in the hand. And yep. Things are getting close. Yes. Yep. When you see these things beginning to come to pass, look up. Your redemption draws nigh. He's not talking about Jesus dying on the cross redemption. He's talking about the, the taking of your body out of here. Praise the Lord. It's coming. Jesus is coming soon. Get ready. <laughs> Praise be to God. Now, uh, my, 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 my. Okay, go to, uh, so you got that word caught up. You understand now what that means? It literally means the rapture. Um, it's just, uh, the rapture is just a Latin word for the mean the same thing as the Greek word for caught up. So go to 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. Look at verse number 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. So that's a reference to the rapture. Isn't that right? Yeah. By the coming of the Lord and our gathering together unto him. So there's several very direct references in the New Testament to the rapture of the church. Jesus mentioned it in John's gospel. Chapter number, uh, uh, let's see here, chapter number 14, where Jesus said, uh, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. What is that? Starting in verse 1, I believe, but somewhere right in there. 1 and 2. If I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will come again. And notice this, receive you unto myself. That's the rapture. That's not a funeral scripture. That's a rapture scripture. In my father's house are many mansions. Hear that at funerals. <laughs> it's a rapture scripture. Amen. Praise God. Now, people say, well, I don't believe in all that. All right, you stay here and tribulate then. I'm, off on, I'm out on the first train, the first bus, the first whatever. I'm, I'm out of here. Bam. Amen. Well, these are old fogey beliefs, you know, old people, you know, old days, they believe that we're, we're enlightened now. Yeah. And the more enlightened you are, the more stupid you become. The Bible is still true. Don't mock the return of Jesus. Anyway. So anyway, we're going to talk more about this. We need to get into this more because we need to know. If, if we need to be ready, before we close, we're going to wrap this up. Let's go to Luke chapter number 21. This would be a, a place to connect something that I said and make, make sense of it scripturally. Just because I said it doesn't make it so. We've got to see if it's in the Word. I said to you that um, 
for the world, it's going to be like a thief in the night, but not for Christians. But Christians, it can be so for Christians if they're not awake. Luke said in Jesus' words here in Luke, he said in verse 34, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged. That means burdened down or, you know, uh, you know, indulge, overindulge, really. With surfeiting, that means drunk, uh, drunk on appetites of the flesh to the point of nauseousness. It's a little like, surfeiting is a little like a hangover. People are having fun, they think. With alcohol and all this. Oh, isn't this one the next morning? They're like, silly cat. That's a good word. I like that. (laughs) Surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life. There's something people can be drunk on. Just caught up with the, the word actually cares means distractions. The word life there means actually obtaining resources. People are distracted by obtaining resources, and they're distracted from really what they need to be focused on. Anyway, that's just a whole other sermon. I don't have time to preach that. So that that, look at that, so so that that day come upon you unawares. What day is he talking about? Well, if you go back there, he's talking about... um, that, that's, this is right after the uh, verse number 28. When you see these things begin to come to pass, the yes, same right. chapter, look up, your redemption draws nigh. Yes. And if you go back even earlier than that, he talks about the coming yes. of Jesus. Yes. That's what he's talking about. Yes. So he said, that day come upon you unawares. So he's talking to Christians, and he said, even them, that day can come upon them unawares. For as a snare shall it come on, on all them uh, that dwell on the face of the whole earth. The snare is what I was talking about. The, the rabbit doesn't. You ever watched, uh, what's that show now? They got so many of them where they dump people out in the wilderness for as long as they can make it. They're alone. Is that one of them? What was that? We were watching it on vacation, honey. It was kind of fun. But they, they had to catch. They had to catch. They didn't have anything but maybe some string and they had to live and they had, needed protein. So they had to catch rabbits and all stuff. And uh, they would snare them. They didn't have weapons. They had to snare them. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a, that rabbit doesn't, he's going through there and doesn't realize he's going to pull himself tight. And <laughs> we're country folks, all right? <laughs> so as a snare, it's going to come on all them upon the face of the whole earth. But notice he said, watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that are coming to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, you don't need to necessarily escape because you can't hold it back because you're who's holding it back. All right, all right. But he's just simply saying he wants to take us out of the way because he's got to deal with what's going on down here. But look at verse number. I wanted you to see verse 34. He says there, that day can come upon you unawares, just like it's going to come on the whole world. So what he's saying is, watch, be ready, pray always. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so we need to get into that. We didn't get into what all that means tonight because we ran out of time. But we need to get into that. Do you get anything out of that tonight? Praise the Lord. So when he says over and over again, and he does, we haven't even looked at all the scriptures, be ready, watch ye therefore. Remember the parable of the ten virgins? He said, he said all that to say, watch ye therefore. For you don't know when he's coming. So uh, that's, what, that's what we need to realize, that this, this condition of being ready has to be something that is discernible and that we can actually know we're in, or else it's not fair. How do I get ready? So we need to look at all that. Stand with me tonight. Praise the Lord. There in Luke it says, that day... Verse 34, that day is not supposed to come on us unawares. Unawares literally means unexpectedly or unforeseen. If you can see something coming, you know to get ready for it. Right? Remember the Holy Ghost said some things to us about the stock market back, was that January or something? I dare you to go look at the stock chart, figure out when the day was that the Holy Ghost said that, and go look at the stock chart. I dare you. <laughs> he showed us what, what was coming. Well, he didn't say that so we could all go, huh, isn't that interesting? Now we know. No, he, he wanted, he, we should be doing something about it. Now, whatever God led you to do, it's not my point to tell you. And that's not over, by the way. Somebody said, well, it's going to go back up. Yeah, eventually, but it's not over going down. 
But see, notice he said here, that day can come upon you unforeseen. I don't want to. How many of you know? It's like. I, I got too much inside of me. I don't want to keep you long. You're, you're dangerous. <laughs> I'm just having fun. Um, the, the, um, if you got to get to work by whatever time on a particular day, for a while, you don't pay that much attention to the clock. But the time comes when everything else gets set aside and you start getting ready for work. Same thing true with a plane flight or something like that, right? That's what he's telling us to do. That's what he's telling us to do. As the time approaches, we got to set natural things more and more aside and get ready. Wow, there's so much I can say about that. One thing he said in Hebrews 10 is at verse 25. He said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And then he said this, and so much the more as you see that day approaching. Why be in church more and more as we see the day approaching? Because church helps get us ready. Church helps get us ready. Bible says in the Old Testament, the tribe of Issachar, when they knew the times and seasons and they knew what Israel ought to do. You know, if you know what time it is, you know what you're supposed to be doing. If you know you've got to be in work in, in a half hour, you know you better get everything out and get, grab your stuff and get out the door. Right? And if you know Jesus is coming soon, you know there's some things you better lay aside that aren't that important anymore. And, and there's some things to take up and be busy with. So anyway, that's just a little taste. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father God, we thank you for helping us. And uh, Lord, we, we, we determine to be ready to meet Jesus at his return. We thank you, Father, that it's not a vague thing that we can't know for sure. You gave us clear instructions in the Word. Lord, as we study this, we will all examine ourselves. We'll look, look and, and see if we're busy with what you told us to be busy with. And we'll make adjustments in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for your mercy in getting us ready. In Jesus' name. We ask you for utterance in these services. To give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. The Spirit and the bride say, come. And Father, the Spirit is saying, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And we're saying, come, Lord Jesus. But Father God, we got work to do while you're, uh, you're delaying your coming. In Jesus' name, we'll be about our Father's business. And we thank you, Father God, for uh, the knowledge of what to do. We'll give you all the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we decide we're going to be awake and sober. And uh, not uh, be caught off guard with the return of Jesus. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. So many things that seem so important to us. Once this happens, we'll look back and we'll say, that was, that was not important at all. Let's, look at, let's, let's discover those things now. Amen. Amen. How about that? Yeah. You think, we, I don't think we have to wait till we get there to discover that wasn't important. We can know right now. The Holy Ghost. That, that, that passage about standing before him ashamed or confident. But the, right before that is verse 27. The anointing that we have received of him abides in us and he teaches us. I think he's going to teach, one of the things he's going to teach us is what to do, what adjustments to make so that we're not ashamed when we stand before him. You know what ashamed means? It means we know there were things we were doing we shouldn't have been doing, and we know there were things we weren't doing that we should have been doing. And here comes the reckoning day. Bible said, be sober. Uh, the end of all, he said in 1 Peter 4, 7, the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. That's a similar, that term sober is a similar thought to, you know, being awake. A man who's 
drunk on alcohol, that's, what, that's the opposite of sober, right? That's the way we think of the opposite of sober. He's inebriated. He's intoxicated. He doesn't have a sense of where he is, and he doesn't have a sense of what he's supposed to be doing, and he's doing things he shouldn't be doing and not doing things he should be doing. He's saying things he shouldn't be saying, and he's not saying things he should be saying. He's under the influence of something. And he's saying, don't let anything, not just alcohol, but don't let the world, don't let the cares of life, don't let the, the appetites of the flesh, don't let those things get you all caught up. Don't let the news media, don't let Hollywood, don't let the latest movie that came out. Come on, somebody. Some Christians are so caught up with the latest movie or trend or fad or whatever. It means nothing. When it comes to eternity, exactly. nothing. Exactly. And now's the time to figure that out. Yes, Be awake. Be alert. Amen. Yes. Well, glory to God.